0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning Passion Life Church. You still alive this morning? Yeah. Anybody got some passion? And I know why there's a little lack of it cuz maybe your team is not in the playoffs. See, I got a little passion because my team is still in the playoffs today. The Pittsburgh Steelers are taking on the Patriots today. But let me ask and try that again. Maybe your team is not in the playoffs, but maybe you love Jesus more than you love football. So let me try that again. Anybody got some passion in this place this morning? Amen. Well, we're glad that you're here, and, and welcome to church, and today we're concluding an amazing series that we've entitled, "Having a Life You Love." If you have your Bibles, would you open it up to First Peter, chapter three, verse eight? First Peter, chapter three, verse. Eight, and we're talking about having a life you love. You know, I didn't, when God gives me a scripture that you're gonna see today, this is how we got this particular series. It's right, right out of the Bible. I didn't realize that we would be in a place so political in our society today. And I, I was just kind of thinking about this particular passage of scripture and where we are in history today people, some people are happy. They're happy about the new president. Other people are sad about the new president. Some people are screaming, no. And I was looking on Facebook at some of the comments and actually I had to just kind of stop because I thought about reading. And, and, and I, I, I just as I was reading, I, I just read so much hate and different things. And, and I took a moment and I thought, this series today could be radical in today's time. Because people are fighting, people are upset. And yet here, Peter is telling us that in the midst of all of that, you can have a life you love. And we looked at some of the context of First Peter Chapter 3, and for those of us that are, maybe you're just joining us, Peter is talking to some Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. Uh, it wasn't a happy time for these Christians. There was a lot of evil going around. There was a lot of, it was, it was tense. And I kind of chuckled because I thought, that's kind of where we're at today. Peter, man, was on point. And I think that if you take this posture, when you hear what he is saying, well, that's just not how it is. You know, the Bible doesn't just speak to how things are. The Bible speaks to how things can be. And although things are not the way they want or God would want them to be, let me say it this way. We can still have a life that we love because God wants us to in the midst of evil, in the midst of hate. We can be the light in a dark world. And in actuality, we are called to be that light despite who you voted for. Let me try this side, despite who you voted for. Because let me tell you. When you get to heaven, there's not going to be a Republican or a Democrat, there's only going to be a children of God. Yeah. Woo! So you might as well get ready and start loving each other now. Woo, I'm preaching already but I just thought, and I don't really talk a lot about politics, but I will say I just thought about the atmosphere and then here we are a passion life church in the midst of all that quoting what Peter's quoting saying, Hey, look in the midst of it, you could still have a life that you love and see good days. Listen, let's read in first Peter chapter three, verse eight. Can you tell I'm excited about today? Listen, can, and let me, let me just add this before we actually read this series. That, and what Peter is talking about in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, this series is not just a beginning of the year series. Like, hey, you know, we took these four weeks and that's good. It's a good resolution. What we're talking about and the principles that Peter is talking about are life principles, not just so you can accomplish some goals, but that you can have a whole life that you love a whole life that you love and so we're learning that these principles if we apply them to our life we can have a life we love here's something else that we've learned we've learned that it actually is god's will that you have a life you love it is god's will where do you get that from well let's read first peter chapter 3 verse 8 it says finally be ye all of one mind having compassion isn't that funny He's talking to us here today in 2017, and he didn't know what would be going on in our lives today. And the Bible, my family, is so relevant. It's counterculture, but so relevant. Listen to these words. He's telling us, let's all be of one mind. Come on, Passion Life Church, having compassion for one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing. Would you say that with me? Say blessing. Blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called that you should inherit. Blessing. Listen to verse 10. This has been the theme of this series. For he that will love life and see good days. Did you forget your part? Two of you remembered. Let's try it again. So I'm going to read that. For he that will love life and see good days. I want you to yell, that's me. Now, let me just say this. If you don't want to love life and if you don't want to see good days, you want to see crummy days don't say it. Okay, let's try it again. Here we go. For he that will love life and see good days. That's me. Let him, and here's the six principles that he gives us. He says, let him refrain his tongue from evil and let his lips that they may speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Peter gives us six principles. You know what? We can do six principles. I don't know if I can do 21, 25, but I think I can do six. I can do six. And we went through these, he says, number one, he says, make sure that you refrain your tongue from evil. And we looked into that and we went into actual the literal text of Greek. And that literally means to refrain from evil. It means don't speak contrary to God's word. And then the second one, he says, speak no guile. Guile is when you try to deceive somebody with your words. And he also says we need to beware that people are going to try to bait you and deceive you with their words. And I don't know if you remember, but we said in In this part one, we said, don't take the bait. People are gonna try to bait you with their their words. They're gonna try to deceive you with their words. Don't take the bait. Isn't this interesting that out of six principles, two of them have to do with getting our mouth under control. Getting our mouth under control. And we went through, we talked about winning with words and I would just invite you, especially if you're new here today, Go to passionlifechurch.com and click on the media. You can can listen to part one, part two, and part three. Today we're in part four, but you can just catch up, see if you like the series. And then number three, he says, if you're going to have a life you love and see good days, he says avoid evil. And then number four, do good. We talked about last week that we are blessed. Peter reminds us, listen, you are blessed. You are here to inherit blessing and you are blessed and endowed to do good. You can, my church family, do good. In the midst of an evil and dark world, we can do good. How do you know? I love this scripture. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. It says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Come on, would you say it loud for what? You and I are created for good works. I like to say it like this. That's why it feels good to do good. You know why? Because you were created for good works, which God uh, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, again, we're not supposed to speak evil, even though evil is being spoke around us, even though people are speaking guile around us and trying to bait us with words, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to avoid evil. And as a Christian and as a child of God, we are to do good. And then in verse eight, he starts to outline, well, what is it to do good? And we went through these to be compassionate, love as brethren, be pitiful. That means be tenderhearted to people, have a heart of mercy towards people. How many of you know God had a heart of mercy towards you? And the Bible says that we are blessed. remember in the Beatitudes, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the merciful. Listen, we look at the Beatitudes now after Jesus went to the cross. You and I are living on the other side of the cross. You don't have to show mercy for God to show you mercy. God showed you his mercy. And now because he has shown you his mercy, you can show mercy to other people. And you are blessed with mercy. So he talks about be compassionate, be pitiful, be courteous, be kind. And then he's under courteous. Remember we talked about the Greek actually means be kind, be friendly, smile. And remember I told you last week, my prayer is that we have a whole bunch of smiling Christians. Not full of condemnation and judgment, but people who actually smile. Why? Because we're blessed. Listen, you're blessed. Let your face know. Let your face know. And then here's where we pick it up today. He says, and we're talking about doing good. Now listen to this. I thought this was so relevant today. He says, Peter says, here's a part of doing good. Don't render evil for evil or railing for railing. Now, Railing for railing in the Greek text means this, that you are going to render an insult for an insult. Someone insults you, you come back with an insult. Can I just tell you that that's what the world does? But we are the children of God. And he says this, do not render evil for evil. Do you know that the very nature of evil is, is number one, to try to get you to experience it. The devil would love for you to experience evil at an early age. He would love to have you be abused. He would love for you to be brokenhearted as a young person, as a child. He, the Bible says in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes or does not come but to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So the thief comes to steal. He doesn't care if you're three. He doesn't care if you're six. He comes to steal. He tries to have you have some experience with evil. Some of you in this room may have. Some of you in this room growing up, you have experienced evil. You have experienced some type of abuse. And I gotta tell you, we live today in a fallen world where the enemy, that is his goal. Have you ever experienced evil? I have, Do you know if I could just tell you this story and I'm telling you this story because I think what happens sometimes for you and I, as we, as pastors we're up on a stage and you think, you know, Pastor Phil, you came up with this message. It's very cute. Love it. Great. But I got to tell you, I'm teaching this to you because it works and I've seen it in my own life. I practice what I preach and I preach what I practice. But uh, let me just share with you, you know, I felt for me that I experienced evil. It was probably about two, two months ago, uh, my wife's car, the tire on her car was uh, getting deflated. And, and uh, so I said, you know, let me take the Jeep today. I'll, I'll get it fixed on the way to drop my son off at school. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just drop by, put some air in it and we'll take it and, and get it all checked out. And, and so she took the truck and, and I took the Jeep and... Uh, It was just one of those days that I realized, okay, I don't have my wallet. My wallet was in my wife's purse. And uh, so I was like, well, what are we going to do? I I don't carry cash at at the house and I need air in the car. And so I went and I looked for uh, coins and I was like, how much does air cost? It's probably going to be about a dollar. So I looked through, okay, I got a dollar. And so I went down to right over here on Clinton Keith and went to one side of this gas station and I looked and it was a dollar 50. So I was like, okay, maybe across the street, it'll be a dollar. So I went over there to, to put some air in my tire before taking my son to school. And I was sitting by the curb there and waiting for the air because somebody was putting air in their car so just waiting little did i know to the left of me here came this big truck it had a trailer on it and it moved right in front of where i could see that person that was putting air the guy signaled to me you better move my car well i couldn't just move my car because on the right side of me there was people putting gas and i know just with experience, that when you're in that situation, you have to take a moment. How many of you know patience can do a lot? So I just took a moment, and I, I, wait, I went like this for a moment to look behind me. When I turned around, he had, it felt like to me, went full throttle and came around and sideswiped part of my Jeep right there at the gas station. And my son was in the back. And uh, I got out of the car, and I was a little, I just was shocked but I had never experienced something like this in my life. The guy came out and he began to use profanity at me. He began to yell at me. I don't know if he was on drugs. I don't know uh, what, the, the, what was going on, but I will tell you this, people started to gather around because he was so loud, pointing at my face. And I gotta tell you in those moments, um, the fruit of the spirit in my life was so evident. I don't know if you've ever experienced peace or joy in a moment where there's pure evil. But the Bible says that in these moments, self-control can really help you. And he was pointing in my face and he was so ecstatic to the point where he went around to the back of his truck and got a gym bag. And I didn't know if he had a gun. I didn't know what was going on. People were gathered around. But I remember something. I remember that for me as a Christian, I am blessed. I am the light of the world. And the goal of evil is to try to lower you from that level to their level. And one of the things that I'm going to be honest with You and I'm telling you, this is a process, it didn't just happen. As he's doing this, my heart had compassion towards him. And here he is using words that I could never use in church, and some words I've never even heard before, I'm gonna be honest with you. And loud, and I thought, you know, today I could get shot, today I don't know what's going on. But I just remember a story in the Old Testament, Elijah had this army that was coming against him. The prophet was coming. uh, He was at a place and this huge army was coming against Elisha. And Elisha's servant got just real freaked out and he's like, Elisha, look at all of the armies. And Elisha said this, there are more that are with us than are against us. And Elisha prayed a prayer, Lord, open up his eyes to see. And you know what? Elisha's servant, God opened up his eyes and he saw armies of angels on hills because it's true. There are more with us that are against us. And as I was standing there in total peace, I just thought to myself, dude, if you just have a vision of the people who are with me, you just have a little vision of this angel that's standing next to me, you will wet your pants. (laughs) I do not have to get on your level, son, because God is on my side. And you know what is interesting is that I, in peace, I I got on the phone and I called the police officer because he was irate, this guy. And the police officer came and talked with him and talked with me. The police officer left. And this guy had the audacity after the police officer left to get back in my face and start yelling at me. And I think something happened because as he was yelling, I just kept looking at him. And I was like this and I just kept looking at him. And finally he was quiet. And I just said, you know, a little bit of patience today would have done you a lot of good. But here's my point. Could you imagine that day if I would have rendered evil for evil? I thought about that. I may not be standing in front of you today. I might be in a jail cell somewhere because evil had come to me. And if we're not careful, we think it's okay to repay evil for evil. And you don't know, Pastor Phil, B.C., before Christ. And I got to tell you, there's some times where that old guy wants, and that old life wants to come back and take over. And, but I just thank God that that day I was in total peace and total joy and compassion for this guy. But I thought, and I had a sobering thought, if I would have clocked that guy, and that anger that used to have a hold on me got in front of me, again, who knows, even if I was right, I I may not even be here today and you need to understand something. The goal of evil is to try to get you out of a place of blessing and to try to get you out of that place and get you down on their level. Can I just tell you the enemy has a goal in your life and that goal is that you experience evil, that it's never dealt with, it's never healed, but that you become upset, that you become wounded, that you become hurt, you harbor unforgiveness, and then it turns into bitterness, and then you become like the person who hurt you, and you begin to render evil for evil. Every person that I've counseled who's had a horrific life, guess what, somebody hurt them. And they didn't hear a message like this and they allowed that evil to penetrate their heart and they became the person just like the one who hurt them. I can't tell you how many people have counseled who their father was an alcoholic and they hated it. They were so upset terrified their life. And guess how they started to cope with it. They started coping by drinking themselves and they became an alcoholic. They became the person they despised because you will never win. You will never have a life you love if you render evil for evil. If you render evil for evil, insult for insult. And this is the plan of the enemy. But you know what, if you will, ex- if you experience evil and you know what the enemies around that we live in a fallen world, but can I just tell you, you can forgive people cause God has forgiven you and God can heal you. That's why hurt people hurt people cause they never deal with what has happened to them, but it's also why healed people, healed people. And you know why transformed people transform people. But at some point in your life, you have to say, I'm not going to render evil for evil. Because you know what? Evil for evil goes back to the old law system. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know, the word rendering in the literal Greek text actually means this, to pay a debt. It actually means this, you owe me. You hurt me. You owe me. And you know what? That person may owe you. But can I just tell you this? Forgiveness means that I'm going to forgive that debt. And I'm going to let God deal with you. I'm going to commit God. I'm going to commit you to God. And I'm going to allow him to deal with you. My church family, we need to forgive so we can be free. Listen, what is at stake? Having a life you love. You know, the Bible says, we use it a lot for offering. Luke chapter six, verse 36, give and it shall be given. But when you look at the context of Luke chapter six, it's actually talking about relationships and it says that if you judge other people, you will be judged. Listen, it's not God judging you. Well, Pastor Phil, I just feel judged. Maybe what you're experiencing is, is the harvest of the seeds that you put out. He says, if you condemn you, in other words, if I'm condemning, guess what's coming back to me? Condemnation but here's the good news. What if I'm giving generosity? What if I'm giving love? What if I'm giving good for evil? The Bible says, then God gives back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Life is planting seeds. And if you're going to plant evil seeds, because somebody planted that in your life, you're never going to have a life you love. And can I just encourage you today and tell you what Peter said? You don't have to render evil for evil because you are a Blessed people. Nobody owes you. God will repay you. God will take care of you. Come on, somebody. God will heal you. God will restore you. God will strengthen you. Peter says this. Remember, you're called to blessing. In this world where you're going to see evil, you're called to blessing. And you are empowered to do good. And guess what overcomes evil? Not evil. Good. I heard a quote the other day, it said, the best revenge is success. I think I take that to the devil. The devil, you try to hurt me, you try to abuse me, but when you look at me, I'm a success in God. And you know what, whatever you tried to to throw my way and to come against me, it didn't work. And I'm a success and I'm blessed in God. Take that devil. I know it sounds easier, but you don't know my testimony. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the work that God has done in me. But I'm telling you today, that guy who shouted in my face, he needed Jesus Christ more than he needed evil for evil. So when I'm compassionate, I can be, I can be friendly. Why? Because we are blessed and I can love, I can live and have a life that I love and see good days despite evil in this world. And so here's the last two for today. Here, Peter, remember, he gives us six. We went through four and here's the last two that Peter says. He says, for he that will love life and see good days. Would you say that's me one more time? Say, that's me. me. Are you still there? Was the coffee not strong enough in the morning? For he that will love life and see good days. Come on. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and let his lips, that may they speak no guile, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek, listen to these words, peace and ensue it. Here's number five. If we're going to have a life that we love, we're going to have to seek peace. You know, this is a huge part of having a life you love is having peace. And I'm telling you as a child of God, we can have peace in a world that's chaotic. I'm telling you, we need to hear this message today. I need to hear this message today. You know, I thought about what does this word seek mean? I mean, as a little kid, I'd play hide and seek, but you know, what is this word seek? And I looked into the original text and the original text The New Testament was written in Greek. But listen to these words. It it just denotes an effort on our part to seek peace. Seek means this. It means to aim for peace, to look for it, to strive to find peace. Listen to this. To crave peace. Do you crave peace? Because I'm not so sure today that everyone craves peace. I think some people crave chaos. Come on, don't point to the person next to you. I really do believe, I've met them. Wherever they go, they love chaos, they love drama. And here's what I say, save the drama for your mama. I know people that, I'm a pastor, I prayed for them, watched them set, free. And I know the scripture who the sun sets free is free indeed. And they will be free. They'll do a little hallelujah dance and they'll go right back and find more drama. Because they crave it. And Peter is saying, do you crave peace? I crave it. Do you have an appetite for peace? This word seek actually means this. Listen to this. To expect peace. I asked you at the end of the year, what are you expecting? Because hope is an expectation. Well, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm just expecting more chaos. I'm not. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm expecting the peace of God to be in my life. Well, the world is chaotic, I know, but you and I live in a kingdom called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is life, joy, peace. Come on, would you say peace? It also denotes having an appetite for peace. Do you have an appetite for peace? Or are you just like the Guns N' Roses album and you would just have an appetite for destruction? <laughs> appetite for peace. This word also means this, seek the opportunity for peace, request peace. So this means that God can use you and I to be peacemakers. Remember in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. How can you make peace if you don't have peace yourself? So you and I, Peter says, we are blessed. We are blessed with peace. I am blessed, supernaturally endowed with the peace of God. So I can, and there may be some situations coming up. I'm prophesying to you today. There may be some situations coming up where you're gonna have to be the one to say, hey, I, I'm throwing in the flag here. I'm requesting peace. It may be in your family. It may be a time just to let you know. You may be the one that has to be the peacemaker. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And then number six, he says, to ensue means, uh, to ensue peace. In other words, ensue means this, to pursue it. Follow after Peace. Can I just ask you, what are you following after? Are you following after gossip? Hey, so what's the latest and the greatest? What are you following after? What's going down? What's the drama at work? Or are you following after peace? Now, what is peace? How does the Bible define peace? Because I think sometimes when we think about peace, we think about this mystical, like mist. Whew. Peace. But you know, in the Greek the literal, here's the number one definition for peace. It means tranquility, health, prosperity, and wholeness. Tranquility, health, prosperity, wholeness. Well, Pastor Phil, that's really a lot. Well, let me ask you this question. If you're sick, are you going to have peace? So wouldn't we have peace when we're healthy? Wouldn't there be peace when we're tranquil, when there's prosperity in our life and wholeness? In that word, peace, it denotes tranquility, health, prosperity, and wholeness. Now listen, but here's the number one definition of peace. Number one definition of peace is a tranquility that arises from reconciliation with God. Let me say that again. Peace arises from somewhere. You know where the peace arises from? The peace arises from your reconciliation with God. In other words, you can have peace today because God reconciled you to himself. Now, this is important. What Jesus did on the cross, and when he died and rose again, I can now be reconciled to God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. You can write this down if you're taking notes. But it says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now notice what God didn't say, because I think we hear this preached a lot. God did not say, Phil, reconcile yourself to God. You know what that is? That's religion. Religion says you by your works have to reconcile yourself to God. And it's a lie, you know why? Because you yourself could never do good enough works to reconcile yourself to God. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You by yourself could never do it. That's why we need God's grace. And guess what? You didn't come up with God's grace. God gave you his grace first. And by grace, we are saved through responding through faith. It is not of ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't have to do it by myself. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't have to get on a cross myself. He got on a cross for me. He became a curse for me. So let me say it this way, it was God who removed all the barriers so I could be reconciled to him. Come on, let's give him a better round of applause than that. Because today, it's what he did, that's what he did. So every day you wake up, there is peace with you and God today. Tomorrow when you wake up, there's peace. You can live with the knowledge that you have divine peace from God. Why? Because God reconciled you to him. Now, if you're here today and you grew up with the teaching of guilt and condemnation, what I'm saying right now, probably you're just making making you break through your deodorant because we're taught that we're supposed to be, listen, that's not how it starts. It starts with God first. And let me just encourage you, let the gospel of peace today set you free. It's the gospel of peace. And because of this reconciliation, guess what happens? Came blessing. Where does your peace come from? It comes from your reconciliation with God. So the blessings come from and flow from what? The reconciliation that you and I have with God. Let me say it this way. When you get the reconciliation, you get the blessings. Just like when you get the water, you get wet. You don't have to go and pray as I get in the shower. God, let me get wet. Get in the shower. You'll get wet. When there's water, there's wet. When there's reconciliation, there is blessings. How many of you today, you say, I am reconciled to God. Let me see your hand. I am a child of God. But what blessings are you talking about, Pastor Phil? What are the blessings? The blessings of peace, health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. That's the definition of peace. Look at what James says in James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, every good, would you say that? Good? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadowing of turning. I love that last part. God doesn't say, listen, I died on the cross for you. It'll impact your life. And then you go and sin. He's like, oh man, I wish I didn't die on the cross for them. You know what? There's no shadow of turning in him. We are reconciled to God. Do you believe that this morning? And so how does your heavenly father want you to live regarding this whole blessing? Well, we read the definition. He wants you to aim for it. See, when I get up in the morning, I thank God that I'm his son. Thank you, God. I'm a child of God. Why do you say that? Because I am. I thank you, God, there's favor in my life. Jesus resides on the inside of me. And so wherever I go, God is right there. Is that too powerful this morning? When you get on your job, guess what? Jesus is right there with you. His presence is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But what he's saying is that when I get up in the morning, seek peace. In other words, have an appetite for health. Have an appetite that God is gonna bless you today. Because you know what, you need to be blessed by God because there's people on your job that need a blessing. So God is gonna bless you so you can bless them because they have no idea about God. But you know what you do? And you can be a peacemaker. You can give peace to someone who doesn't have peace. So I'm supposed to put this effort, I'm supposed to aim for peace and strive to fight. I'm supposed to crave, hey, you know what, God? How many of you crave health? you, you crave healing? I thank God every day that I am healthy. I thank God that I'm doing good. I had two uh, herniated discs in my back. I mean, that they were bad. You know, in the last two years, I feel totally healed by God. And it was by just taking communion and every day getting up and saying, thank you, God, that my back is healed. You know, there was days where I couldn't walk because of my back and laying in my bed, I would say, I thank you, God, that I am healed by your power. Now I could sit there and go, oh, it hurts so bad. I don't choose to say that. I choose to speak God's word and say, by Jesus's stripe. Do you know that Jesus was scourged on his back and his back was broken so mine could be healed? And you know what I I think? I expect God to do what he said that he is going to do. Can I just encourage you? God wants you to want what he wants for your life. He wants you to want what he wants for your life. And here we are saying, "Well, you know, Jesus, I, I don't know. What well, did you pray about that? No, you know, God's too busy. You know, there's a lot going on—the big election. I just don't think He has time. Can I just tell you, if He doesn't have time for you, then He's not God. Let me try this side." If God doesn't have time for you, then he's not God. If he can't handle the world, come on, and you got this little prayer request, take it to him, he's God, he loves us, he cares about us. But you know what, we have to take that to him. Well, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm just no good. Why would God do that for me? You know what? Without Christ, you are no good. But when Jesus came into your heart, he's forgiven you of your sins. And when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see you. So can we stop having faith in us and have faith in him? Stop looking at you. Can I just tell you that that's what religion does. Religion is constantly pointing at you. Pointing at you. But grace is always pointing to God, pointing to God, pointing to God. Think about God's grace in your life, you'll sin less. Stop thinking about your sin and start thinking about the grace of God and watch what'll happen. I'm so excited in March, we're gonna talk about the new covenant because you and I are in the new covenant and we have better promises than those who are in the old covenant. We have better, precious promises in the new covenant. And let me just encourage you today, we are under God's grace today. Anybody believe that? Awesome. Four people. I'm excited. We can hang out. Stop putting our faith in you. Listen to what Jesus says. Even Jesus points this out in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says this about peace. He says, peace, I leave with you. This is huge, my church family. He says, my peace, my peace just for the sake of my teaching this morning and just to make sure we're all on the same page. How many of you think Jesus had peace when he walked on the earth? You should raise your hand. I helped you. And then he says to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus is saying to the definition of the Greek definition of peace. Listen, what was that? He's saying, my favor, I give to you. Listen, my prosperity, I leave to you. Listen, my health, I leave to you. Does anybody believe that Jesus walked in divine health when he was on this earth? And he says, my peace, I leave to you. In other words, he gave us what he had. Now, if you are struggling to believe this, just with peace, let me give you another scripture. Not only did Jesus give you his peace, he gave you his life. The Bible says, he says, I came that you might have life. That's the Zoe kind of God life. You have the life and the love and the peace of God inside of you. That's why you can do good. That's why you don't have to render evil for evil. Come on, my church family. Let's open up our hearts. Let's live the way God wants us to live. So here's where we end. You know, in first, in, in John 14, 27, if you guys would put that back up on the screen. If you notice, there's two sources of givers in this scripture. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. And then he says, it's not as the world gives. So here's two sources of givers. You are the receiver. So here's my question. Who are you receiving from? Because the world, can I tell you what the world gives? We know this from the parable of the sower. It says, talks about the world and the cares of the world. Here's what the world's gonna give you. The world's gonna give you cares. The world's gonna give you temptation right? The world's going to give you pressure, right? The world's going to give you anxiety. The world's going to give you trials. It's there. You can take it. You can receive it if you want, but then you have Jesus and he says, my peace I give to you. And here's my question. Who are you receiving from? Are you receiving from the world or are you receiving from Jesus? If you receive from the world, you will get what the world gets. Next week I'm going to talk about communion and Paul wrote a letter and he talks about that there were people in the church who were sick and dying. People in the church, sick and dying. Well, don't they have life? Don't they have? So the question is why were they sick and dying? I'm going to answer that next week. In other words, let me help you out. They were living according to the world system, not living the way that God wanted them to live. And my church family, here is the precaution. You can have the life and the love of God inside of you and still live like the world. Because you choose that. I do not wanna to choose to receive from the world and the anxiety. I wanna to choose to receive the peace of God that comes from him. Who are you receiving from? And I hear people say, oh, Pastor Phil, you just don't know me. I'm just, I'm just an anxious person. I'm just always anxious. Tomorrow when I get up, I'm gonna be anxious. And then her husband is right next. Yeah, she's always anxious. She's anxious. Isn't that amazing? Isn't this amazing? You'll get up and say what the world says about you. You'll get up and you'll talk about the world. You take on an identity. I am anxious. Why don't you just for just a moment, stop and say, I am not anxious. I am a child of God and I have the peace of God inside of me. And your husband can say, yeah, she's peaceful. She's real peaceful. Isn't that amazing that we'll accept an identity of anxious and I'm anxious instead of saying, I am a child of God? I have the peace of God inside of me. And Peter is saying, in the midst of this world, you need to remember who you are. You're blessed of God. You may be the reason why somebody has peace because you become a peacemaker because you are so convinced in your mind that you have peace, that you're going to help somebody else. You're going to be so convinced in your mind that you are reconciled with God. The Bible says now that we become ministers of reconciliation. And let me end with this. My church family, people in the world are hurting. They are hurting and you know what they need? They need peace. And you and I have it because of Christ. And that's really what the world does. The world attacks our peace. It wants to get us out of the position of peace. But I'm just telling you this morning, you are blessed with peace. And that's what Peter was saying. He's reminding us, look, you don't have to speak evil you can speak blessing because you're blessed. You don't have to speak guile. You don't have to deceive other people. You are blessed of God. You do not have to do evil, you're blessed. You are empowered to do good. Listen, you can live a life filled with peace because you are reconciled with God. You can have a life you love and see good days. Come on, would you give the Lord a good round of applause for his word? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.